0: Hi guys, welcome to Dardasha here on SOAS Radio. Um, I am Marie and I am part of the Dardasha team. We are three girls, just for your information, because we are a new radio program. Um, it's me, Mai and Lena doing the show and we bring you interviews with creative people all over the MENA region and talk about their work and about other topics that concern the region. So today I'm going to bring you an interview with the great Farah Shamma, And she's a performance artist from Palestine here based at Goldsmith University. And yeah. Hi Farah, how are you?
1: مرحبا مرحبا.
0: So we want to talk about your work a bit and about yourself. Sure. So um, tell us, you're a, at the moment a spoken word artist. How did you get to do this?
1: Hey. <sighs> I, uh, it started very organically. Well, I started writing when I was 12. Very, uh, you know, dear diary kind of uh, relationship to writing. Very cute, and I'd show my teachers um, what, I, what I'd write. And um, I came across a group uh, of poets called the Poeticians in, uh, in Dubai, when I was around 16, and I wrote them a message and said I'd love to come and, and you know share one of my texts with them. Um, and I went and I it was a lovely group uh, led by Hinchu Fani, who's a great friend till today. Um, shared one of my texts. I was shivering. A lot of my family members were there, the extended family too. Um and somehow it never stopped. Uh, it started then and it kept going. Literally, I don't remember any moment of uh, pause. Yeah.
0: So creative writing has always been like a uh, in your the field that you found most comfortable expressing yourself. How is that today? Does it um does it evolve? Does it ever change? Do you combine it with other um elements of creative yeah, expression.
1: I think it um, it's always been a love for literature. I always enjoyed literary writing more than, you know, um, nonfiction. I mean, I enjoy fiction more than nonfiction. Um, and the more we describe a text as literary, I think the more I enjoy it. Uh, um, and it slowly grew into understanding and appreciating writing as as a musical uh mm-hmm. also there there are writings that are more musical than others that are more rhythmic than others and um and then it was also very natural for me to want music to be with the performed texts so i started working with oud uh, and guitar and nay and slowly i felt Wow, you know it's so nice to synchronize with musicians, to 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 feel that texts can be pronounced differently, to sound more musical. With then also, I got introduced to 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 rap, to Arabic rap mainly. Um, musicians like Ras, uh, Bunaser, uh, Darwish, and I started feeling like these men are are wordsmiths because they can you know rhythm there is rhythm and I started feeling that I would like to do more of that and yeah in a way it's it it all it all combines somewhere uh, and then theater came into because yeah of course theater came into into the picture theater
0: came into the picture as well I heard that you just came back from the emirates doing a show there
1: yeah maybe you can talk about that yeah it was so basically i I don't Identify so much anymore, or don't feel like calling myself a spoken word artist because I think it's a specific structure that I no longer feel. I feel I'm I'm a bit beyond the spoken word event structures. Uh, I've done it for a long time, I've been part of spoken word events, and I chose to come to Goldsmiths and, and do performance and uh, culture, this is my master's name, performance and culture, in order to to just understand what it means to perform. Uh, because I think we perform when we speak, we perform in, in in little groups. So I wanted to get out of the label I gave myself and that I was given, which is spoken word artist. So in Abu Dhabi, uh, a couple of days ago, I, I was performing uh, at NYU, Abu Dhabi. And I decided to experiment and write a 10-minute, well, I called it a monodrama. My friend said, no, it's a monologue. I don't know what it is, but it was different. Um, How to get out of spoken word and use poetry um, and combine it with, you know, drama, drama writing. Um, And I think, you know, everything can become interdisciplinary if we wanted to. Um, and I feel I'm in this place where I want music, I want drama, I want uh, theater. I think, yeah, there's a beautiful gray zone where there's everything. And I think this is where I'm at right now.
0: It's a beautiful mix of, of everything at the moment. So you're at Goldsmith University, which is an academic university. Um, you're in an academic field doing creative work. Um do you feel limited by that sometimes?
1: Ah, ah, I mean, I think what university isn't academic, right? Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, because essay writing is something, and then creative writing is something else, and then writing about performance is something, and then performing is something else. Um, as long as I don't get sucked in it, I'm, I think I'm fine. I think it's it's just about understanding that these are forms of expression. And I prefer expressing myself in other forms. I Academic expression feels a little pretentious, a little more sophisticated, uh, a lot of big words. Um, I also only did academia in English and French, so I want to write in Arabic. So in a way, yeah, the language is, is, is causing me a bit of... Um, it's causing me to question... Um, I always wonder, why can't I find a good university with Arabic? I mean, we don't have to answer that question, but you know what I mean. So, yeah, my current goal is to write uh, in Ammiya and Fusha. So I want to write in Arabic. And then when I'm in an academic environment, I'm usually... Well, right now I'm I'm studying in English and a part of me, you know, itches for... (laughs) Um, being taught in Arabic, but because it it would help me with my yeah current projects, which are mainly Arabic content, you know, producing Arabic content. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, we already touched upon the topic of language, which is something that occurs, like you do your poetry in at least three different languages that I've heard of so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, you play around with that so much. Maybe you can talk about
1: the background why you do that, and <laughs> also very, also happened very organically um, when I I did my bachelor's um, in in French, and I remember I I, I did the mistake of studying law um, in the first year, and I hated it. Um, I hated the content, but I remember enjoying you know the jargon, the the <laughs> the legal jargon, which was really funny. Because I saw it as another language. So there was French and then there was legal French. Um, and I was always interested in how we use different shades of language to speak, you know, and different contexts imply different language um, or different forms of language. So I was very, this is where my love, I think, for languages began. When I did my bachelor's in French, I realized how my relationship with language was very playful and I loved m- making puns all the time. I was a very annoying um, friend to sit with <laughs> most of the time because, yeah, a lot of puns. Um, and then they were mostly, you know, bilingual puns. So jumping from English to Arabic and, you know, whatever. So it was, um, it started like that. And then, yeah, I my dad moved to Brazil, so I, I went uh, to visit more than once and I picked up Portuguese and so I started feeling like okay my relationship to language comes very naturally because I meet people that speak yeah a certain language
0: yeah so we talked about your performance work. We talked about the poems that you wrote and perform. Maybe you can give us a taste now. La
1: Vindip <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I think you will. I yeah, I think I have to, don't I? <laughs> I think so too. Um okay, let me think. Um okay, we can try this one. This is an old piece, but it's short and yeah, I like it. <sighs> Prenez tout ce que je sais. Prenez tout ce que je sais et jetez-le dans le Nil comme la mère de Moïse a fait. Ne me demandez pas d'où je viens ni où je suis né, ne cherchez pas à savoir qu'est-ce qui est écrit sur mes papiers, je suis personne. Un nomade d'une âme perdue, un simple esprit nomadisé, je suis la langue sans maître sans rime. Je suis l'arabe, le persan, le latin, le germanique, je suis la langue non maîtrisée. لا وطن لي على الارض اجد الوطن في السماء غيمه حرة عذراء لا وطن لي على الارض اجد الوطن في السماء غيمه صوفيه عذراء تمتد ببطء على ارجاء الازرق اللانهائي je suis la mer le desert je suis la terre l'univers je suis le calme des oceans des mers je suis les mots qui se suivent dans un verre. انا درويش I am بو Bodleir. لا افقه كلام المنابر لا افقه القواعد والاوامر لست دستورا ولست حمامة السلام انا ابراهيم يحطم جهل الاصنام انا كوكب دري يوقد من حبر الاقلام
0: oh that was really beautiful thank you Shukran. so um we will Put the translation up online for people to yes, yes, to read for sure. Yeah, for sure. And um, um, in there there is one line in the um, poem that says, "I am Ibrahim breaking the idols." Yes, that is beautiful. Um, <laughs> maybe you can elaborate a little bit on <sighs> it, but obviously you don't have to. We can also. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think it's. I I can't really. I don't remember when I wrote it and Mm -hmm. and why really it was a while ago and and I I love how sometimes language just leads you to stories you know even you know I, I love how Mahmoud Darwish has a lot of Greek mythology in his work and you wonder how this comes and is he just doing it out of I'm showing you that I know Greek mythology or I'm showing you that I know, you know, a little bit about Ibrahim breaking the idols. Not really. But sometimes images just come to you as you write and you want, you don't know why, but they come and they make sense in the moment. They work and they just go. And And sometimes I have very wrong factual images. Like the other day I wrote something saying, I am Noah in the in the stomach of the whale. Which is not right. It was Eunice who's in the stomach of the whale. Noah was the Ark man. So I don't know. So it's not always factual. It's not always the most the smartest um, you know, historical fact or myth or but they come sometimes and you they make you wonder why. Um and I think the process of writing is is very beautiful because you go into the state where things come, um, very organically. One sentence leads to the next one, like a musical note leads to the next one. I think, and this is my favorite type of writing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you always, as a listener, also have to think. Wait, it wasn't Noah that was in the way; yeah. it was Jonas. Yeah, so it was Jonas. You know, you start listening again. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Um. So, what is your inspiration? Like, who who are figures that you um that you can relate to that inspire you to To write?
1: I mean, it changes, um, but I think some of the constant um, musical inspirations and writers have been uh, Therese Lehman. Maybe we can listen to her actually. Uh, Therese Lehman, who's a wonderful Palestinian artist who uh, currently lives in Haifa. Um, Her voice, the texts she chooses to sing, the things she writes, are constantly with me. And in my headset, um, I always uh, read Mahmoud Darwish. It it always comes back. His text always comes back. I always discover new texts uh, for him. Um, And then there are figures like Edward Said that I love, of course, because he wrote, you know, Orientalism, but also because he was a music composer and he wrote about music. So I'm always intrigued by, by some characters, some figures that, yeah resist that fight. Um, and then, you know, the music element in Edward Said's life is so beautiful to explore. Um as well. Iraus, uh, definitely Mazan Sayyid, aka Arras, uh, is someone who I got to appreciate on many levels. Musically, um, I think when he writes in Fusha, it's a revelation. <laughs> it's it's just important to see that you know you can be 30 something and and write fusha and rap fusha in that um, in that way, um, so different different things. But I'm constantly looking for um, you know Arabic content musicians and and always yeah being selfish in a way because I I want them I I feed on them I I know that I want I need them to To realize how little I have and how much more I want somehow. So this this is my relationship to a lot of contemporary musicians. I use them somehow to to be in a state, to be in the creative state. Or you know,
0: yeah. You um. We can see, or I can see. Everyone can, when they listen to your pieces, see that there is a lot of resistance going on, and also the figures that you named, they're all, they are all—they combine literature, they combine music and um, and writing with resistance. So, um, do you think you're also in that? Well, what do you call it in there? Like stepping into their footsteps?
1: Um, I, I think we all, you know, find ourselves unhappy with a lot of events, worldly events, and it's very natural to to start directing your energy towards fighting injustice and, and um and I, I love it because it happens organically and you just find yourself saying, No, no, I don't accept, you know, uh what's happening to just say things very simplistically without saying, you know, speaking about anything. But I think there's injustice everywhere on a micro level uh, at home. And then you can see, you know, an unfair parent or or, um, an unfair situation, really, it starts off like that. And then you slowly start growing out of the, the, the family and your friend circles and then Looking a bit at a macro scale, and it it's a it's a process, and if your your creative process also takes you there, I think it's they easily combine. It happens naturally. I don't have to say, okay, now I'm gonna write a poem um, about Gaza because you know this is happening in Gaza. No, it 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 really comes um, naturally, and sometimes it doesn't make sense to write about Gaza in a certain place
0: you don't have to name the name always yeah Yeah. exactly so um you are new to london you're new at goldsmith university um you came here from the emirates so um how did you get here what's the what's the story behind that
1: i uh, i really wanted to leave dubai because i got sucked into a work routine uh, a car routine (laughs) And I was not uh, well. And I found Goldsmiths randomly on the internet um, and decided to apply. And then I applied for some scholarships and didn't get them. So my friends asked me to crowdfund, which I did. Um, And here I am. Um, A year later, I managed to, you know, crowdfund uh which was beautiful, it was so beautiful. I can't even describe now i after this experience, I started helping you know crowdfunding every project I believe in. It's really good um i like around a hundred people um donated uh to the crowdfunding campaign, and yeah, so basically my tuition fees and more were, were was covered, some privately, some on the website, some people contacted me outside the crowdfunding. And it was so good to feel that, yeah, you know, the Internet does that. The Internet can be a waste of time, (laughs) but it can also be um, just a shapeshifter. And really, I start now to look at crowdfunding campaigns always and support different albums, different artists, different... Because, yeah, a little thing you, you, you donate just accumulates and becomes, yeah, changes someone's life in a way so yeah the community's got your back definitely and it's uh, beautiful i'm so grateful to these hundred people and people who shared the the page and 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 yeah people who helped me film the video <laughs> maybe she hears that one day but yeah it's um it's so nice to know that creative work um is
0: appreciated and if not by the academia or by yeah. these um by certain institutions, then at least by the people,
1: yeah, by other people, little yeah little you know five dollar donations that just become the whole fee, perfect, it's, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, all right, so um. So um, you came here with a Palestinian passport um, and you didn't have a scholarship, but you got accepted to the university. Yeah. Was it like in um, getting into the country?
1: Yeah, it was a pain in the ass. It was a bitch. Um, so actually, I have a travel document, not even a passport. Uh, it's a wathika. So it's a Syrian travel document for Palestinian refugees. And it actually says refugees on the cover page. And um, yeah, it's always a, a pain in the neck to get visas with this document because a lot of people are ignorant about what it stands for. I'm even ignorant about what it stands for. It's bureaucracy. Um, but uh, when I applied, the immigration office at Goldsmiths actually told me that this document cannot, you know, is not recognized as a stable nationality. Um, so we cannot issue you your uh, CAS, you know, CAS number, the number you need to apply uh, to the embassy. And uh, it took a while. It took around, yeah, like a little fight through email. Oh, God. To explain what this document is and what does it mean to have this document and be born in in the Emirates. Because the lady who who I was dealing with had no idea what it means to be born in the Emirates and not carry an Emirati passport. So she does not understand that in the Emirates, you know, passports are not given to you if mm. you're born there. Yeah. So yeah, so it's always um, exciting to apply for visas. Um, uh, exciting yeah. is a very positive word <laughs> yes, for that. because because uh, it just tells you a lot about how the world works and how bureaucracy works. Um, and you start to understand a bit more how ridiculous the way things are structured it's it's ridiculous if anything there's no other word i can think about it's, it's absurd yeah it's um,
0: international oppression
1: a yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know symbolic violence this is bureaucracy yeah. it's symbolic violence um and yeah in a way i i always enjoy seeing how i'm going to be dealt with at the airport or how i'm going to be talked to or what i'm going to be asked um and yeah and in a way i I feel like, yeah i wasn't I'm not really what this document says I am because I was born in Dubai, but I get a taste of it in a way, because i yeah, I know how some people who carry this document, some of my family members who do live in Syria, um have a hard time finding their way um out or anywhere, so, yeah. So it, uh, that's why I say it's it's exciting because it just gives you a taste of how shitty bureaucracy is and and it's personal to me. I go through it. And in a way sometimes we need to go through things to understand um what what is happening.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it's important to talk about it so people know and yeah. we can try fight this I've, hegemonic power structure together. I, I
1: don't know how, but uh yeah, I'm um, I mean your creative work already does a part. I I think I think it's always important to talk and explain um and explain that you know not all passports just you know you can not everyone can decide to travel the next day or on the same day yeah uh, some a lot of people have to plan 3 months in advance to get a visa and apply and they usually don't get it and and it's good to know all right let's
0: try find our way back into a more optimistic and Mood that has more to do with your work now. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's go. <laughs> sure. You're in England now, and obviously you're also going to be performing in England. What is the next time that
1: we yeah, can see you on stage? Yeah, actually, that's a great thing to talk about. Um, on February 15th, Mersam is organizing uh, music and poetry night at Rich Mix. Um, it's going to be me, Dana Dajani, and Rafif Ziadeh. Uh, with musicians, and I'm going to be performing a set of around 40 minutes um, of, yeah, different texts, monologues, poetry, with music. Uh, and I'm very excited about it, actually. Yeah, I'm very excited, too. I'm looking forward. And you all should come
0: as well, dear yeah. listeners. ta'alu. 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 <laughs> Okay, um, Farah, maybe we can, if you have a song in mind you said before, yeah, but I, I have forgotten the I think name. we
1: should definitely listen. So I've been listening to Therese Liman and she has a song with Muhammad Bakri, the Palestinian actor who's in Wajib, who's also a theater actor who's doing El il the Pacific pisoptimist oh i love that book yeah it's, great. it's a great book so he's 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 done adaptations of this book mm-hmm. on stage and they have a song to get together it's actually a, a mazir song that's translated to arabic um and, and it's a beautiful song it's a dialogue between a father and um, his daughter and it's just very very comforting uh, to listen to it's so beautiful really it's um it's a beautiful song it's in uh, palestinian arabic like dialect it's an Ami. um yeah but it's originally a Mazir, so it's uh yeah it, it's a beautiful song so i'd love to listen to that yeah great that's a good note to end on thank
0: you for coming to the thank show you, thank habibti. you shukran shukran for being at radio dardasha radio dardasha <laughs> And for you, dear listeners, I hope that um, you enjoyed the show. Thank you again for to Farah, and um, stay tuned. For what cool interview we will present to you next time. Bye and enjoy the song. <laughs>
2: وحش الغبي
3: وعادت مثل مدينة عادت يبسو شكلو زعلان شفتو ع الصبح باكي حتى عود الريحان الزرعت ع شباكي يبسو شكلو زعلان شفتو ع الصبح باكي
2: جنب لوحوش غزلان ومي ونهر جاري فوق الياباس نجوم وشمس فلك دواري جنب لوحوش غزلان مي نهر جاري فوق اليباس نجوم شمس وفلك دواري يا لا يا لا ضل السم اختاري يا لا يا لا ضل السم اختاري Samakhfani <laughs>